Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Tucker's Podcast. Current events, local world news, and trending. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. This is Saturday evening at 10 p.m., June the 20th, 2021. Thank you for coming out here and joining me. Thank you for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, kind of an off night to do uh, a podcast for myself, but uh, you know, when when things um, you know pique my interest and um, I find information that I feel um, is important to me, as I feel that is is just as important to you. So I hope everybody, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed your weekend. You know, we had a, a fine uh, weekend uh, here in southern Ontario, Canada. Um, today, June 20th, marking uh, the first day of summer. And, of course, also Father's Day. And again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And even in countries around the world, if you don't celebrate Father's Day, happy Father's Day to you. Now, earlier this evening, I was just, you know, perusing, um, looking at different articles and kind of waiting in the balance, you know, waiting, you know, to see um, if if, um, when it came to the hotel uh, quarantine uh, measures that the federal government um, had put in place um, whether you know because people you know out there Canadians who um, snubbed the travel advisories um, unknown to them that the federal government of Canada would impose stricter rules for people Canadians returning back to their country. Now, I'll just give you an update of what those rules are, just in case you haven't heard them. Now, the rules are, if you are coming back into Canada, Canadians, the rule is is that 72 hours prior to your flight, you would have to have a COVID-19 test done you would have to test negative and then once upon uh, arrival into Canada at uh, uh, designated airports by the federal government you then would have to pay for another COVID-19 test and then you'd have to self-isolate in a mandated hotel by the federal government for three days. If your test came back negative, you could return home and then you'd have to self-isolate 
for the remaining 11 days. If in that three-day stay in that hotel, you, you your results came back positive, then you would have to self-isolate in a federal mandated facility. Now, certain people, certain Canadians, when they came back in to Canada, they thought they would snub this rule as well, saying that this is against their, their freedoms and liberties, this is against their rights. Now, you see, ladies and gentlemen, the federal government has what you call the Federal War Act. They also have the Federal em uh, Emergency Measures Act in all provinces across Canada. They also have the Ontario Emergencies Measures Act, which means that whether it's federal or it's provincial, they can impose these rules upon us or these restrictions upon us. Now, when the federal government enacts the Federal Emergencies Measures Act, that means that if there is a threat to Canadian soil, to Canadian people, that is life-threatening, whether it is Mother Nature, whether it is war, or whether it is a disease such as COVID-19, the government can impose these rules. You can look at, at the Canadian Constitution all you want under the liberties and freedoms, but you have to dig a little further into the Constitution in order to find this, and you'll need to research the Federal Emergency Measures Act and what does it mean and what the government can actually do. This is what I did, this is what I do. Now, the hotel quarantine requirement for travelers coming into Canada has been approved by the court. The hotel quarantine requirements for travelers coming into Canada by air does not violate the charter rights a federal court has ruled. So I make that loud and clear to my fellow Canadians. It does not violate the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The Chief Justice concluded that stricter measures could also be allowed if needed in order to save lives and reduce the, the precipitation of uneven and unfair restrictions. And an example of that is for those crossing the border by land do not have to quarantine in a hotel while awaiting test results. Hey, thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Now, what I was talking about here is that Canada, throughout this pandemic, 
has always had a travel advisory. Now, what happened with this travel advisory is that certain people, certain Canadians, ignorantly would just say, these rules don't apply to me. I'm going to travel. I can return to my country without any problems. And it wasn't just, you know, the average Canadian. It was politicians too that they think they would just go against the advisories because they're politicians, they're in the government, the rules don't apply to them. When in fact they do, they were fired from their positions. Now, the hotel quarantine, that came into place, you know, because our numbers kept, increasing here in Canada of the COVID-19 outbreaks. Here in Ontario alone, we have been through three waves. We have been through three lockdowns, stay-at-home orders, shuttered businesses, closed the schools, no contact, with anybody outside of the household, go to the grocery store, go to the drugstore, go home. Three times this province of Ontario has gone through this. We're coming out of this third wave. And Ontario is only moving into stage one of reopening. And that means that, yeah, you can go dining on a patio you can't dine inside a restaurant. Only non-essential businesses, excluding hair salons, nail salons, they're not open yet. Only stores that have a street front entrance can open. So that means that all malls are closed to indoor shopping. Now, when it came down to the travelers and their ignorance, the federal government implemented a rule under the Federal Emergency Act that any travelers coming back into Canada would have to have a COVID-19 test done 72 hours prior to their flight they then would have to test negative. And once arrival back into Canada, they would have to pay for another COVID test and they'd have to pay out of their own pocket to self-isolate in a designated hotel by the government for three days, waiting for their test results to come back either negative or positive. Now, if you came back negative, you could go home and you had to self-quarantine for the remainder time. If you had a positive test and you were uh, taken to a federal facility where you would have to quarantine, obviously, for the remaining time. Now, Canadians coming back into Canada, um, 
so this is against their 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 freedoms and liberties basically against oh it's against my rights you can't make me stay in a hotel for three days while i wait test results some Canadians had to find out the hard way that if you just walked out of the airport and when they did collect all your information later on, Canadians and hundreds of them were fined anywhere from $3,000 to $5,000 per person. Now, this has been in, in the courts for a while and a decision had come down the other day that the hotel quarantine requirements for travelers coming into Canada by air does not violate the charter rights and freedoms of Canada. I wasn't surprised to hear that. See, when the federal government enacts the federal Emergency Act, which is under the Federal War Act, the government can impose these restrictions. When there is a threat to Canadians, to our lives, to our health, whether it is war, whether it is Mother Nature, whether it is a virus that is a threat to our lives, the government can impose these rules. Same with the provincial government. Under the um, province uh, emergency measures act with these lockdowns, stay at home orders, closing businesses, closing schools, the provincial government can have these rules and they can be imposed upon us. Now, there has been some uneven in, in some unfair restrictions. People, you know, got this bright idea that they would just fly to the closest U.S. city and take a cab across the land border back into Canada, and they don't have to self-isolate. Now, the federal government can take this measure even further, and the federal government can impose these restrictions to anybody crossing, Canadians crossing back into Canada by the land borders. They can enforce it that you would have to self-quarantine in the closest hotel. Whether that's going to come down the line, I don't know. Now, The judge, you know, that for those who have second residence abroad or other good reasons to travel may not welcome such measures, particularly if they are required to pay for some of them. However, like times of war, like I said, and other crises, pandemics call for sacrifices to save lives and avoid broad-based suffering. If some are unwilling to make such sacrifices and engage in behavior that poses and demonstrates risks to the health and safety of others, the principles of fundamental justice will not prevent the state from performing its essential function of protecting its citizens from that risk. 
So again, ladies and gentlemen, my fellow Canadians, these air travel rules imposed by the federal government of Canada is not against your freedoms and liberties. So for those Canadians out there who have been fined anywhere from $3,000 to $5,000, you better be prepared to pay that penalty. He also found that none of it rose to the level of a charter violation. Right? Now, the judge also noted that the requirements have since changed so that travelers book their own hotel and border control officials are now aware of their error. That doesn't matter. The court decision was released ahead of the um, order expiry on June 21st and the federal government has extended the border closure for 90 central travel with the United States until July 21st. But he said it expects to announce measures for fully vaccinated people soon. Well, that's coming down the road. When it comes to the Canadian and the United States land border, which has been shuttered since March, 2020. And with an agreement with the United States on a monthly basis from the 21st of each month to the 21st. So right now until July 21st, the land border between Canada and the United States is closed. Only essential workers such as truck drivers and people who legally work on either side of the borders can cross that border. And of course, for Canadians who are coming home from where they're coming back from, nobody else. Now, with the land borders being closed, I mean, it's got a lot of people, they got a lot of people who's got their arms up in the air, you know, they're stomping their feet, they're, they're laying down, kicking and screaming and having a tantrum about the land border closures being extended for another 30 days. Now, for Congress in the United States, they must not read a whole lot about what's going on in Canada and what's going on here in Ontario and, and to understand that we are just coming out of this third wave. And it's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of business, a lot of employees, mentally, financially, the tourism has been shuttered for over 15 months on both sides of the border. 
families that have, you know, on either side of the border who haven't been able to travel to see their loved ones for over 15 months. It's been very difficult on them as well. And I understand that. I get that. Our prime minister of Canada has said from the get-go that he will do everything possible to protect the health and well-being and lives of all Canadians. And he's done just that, and he's doing just that. Now, what sort of plans do they have in the works of reopening up the land borders? Could be at different stages. That's to remain to be seen. Now, everybody, people, you know, not everybody, but people are crying foul. Oh, the government, you know, the two governments don't have a plan in place. And, and you know, um, uh, a, a congressman in, in the United States, um, he, he's, he's uh, Congress in Buffalo, New York, and... He's calling it bullshit. Nobody here in Canada wants a fourth wave. We are not going to open the floodgates to allow that to happen. Vaccinated or not. And I wanted to make myself clear on this as well. You know, probably, and I know probably, and the top uh, disease and infection doctors know that even the flu vaccine is not a cure. It helps to prevent the, 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 the worst effects that you get from the flu. You know, in the United States back in 2017, that was one of their worst flu outbreaks. 60,000 people in the United States died from the flu in 2017. The Moderna, the Pfizer, the Johnson and Johnson, the uh, extra Zeneca. These are not miracle vaccines, ladies and gentlemen. They are preventative measures to help if you do contract COVID-19, you probably won't get the severe symptoms. That's not to say whether you will or will not, but like vaccines, you shouldn't. It's not a cure. Now, I listened to the news today here, you know, in, in what Canadian uh, 
people were seeing on the news, um, you know, that um, they think it's fine. You know, some of them think it's fine that we can loosen the restrictions at the border. We can open up the borders, the land borders between Canada and the United States. Well, there should be different rules for people who are fully vaccinated and, and rules for people who only had one dose. I mean, what are we going to start doing here? You know, with people with their first vaccine and people who's been fully vaccinated, are we going to treat people who have only the single dose? We're going to treat them like second class citizens. You know, I got my, my final needle in the arm yesterday. That doesn't mean I'm fully vaccinated. I'm not fully vaccinated for another 13 days. But why should I be able to have more movement and freedom than anybody else who's had one single dose of any vaccine out there? Doesn't make me special. I thought we were all in this together. I thought we were all moving forward together. We all treated the same, everybody being treated equally. You know, I feel bad for, for, for um, people who work in, in, in the tourism on either side of the border. I do. For their businesses, for their families, for their employees. It's been really tough. But we have to take into account what is really important here. We don't want them to get sick. We don't want them to contract COVID-19. People, you know, are asymptomatic, meaning that they're carrying the virus, not knowingly, but can spread it. Spread it to somebody who's not vaccinated yet. Or maybe they only had the one shot. The Delta virus going around, which is in every single province here in Canada, in one territory, 2,000 cases so far has been reported of that Delta virus. It's in 80 countries. The United Kingdom, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson is now holding back other reopening plans for another 30 days because this Delta variant is starting to take hold in the United Kingdom. You know, politicians alike, people who work in the news media, they can argue every single point that they want when it comes to reopening the land borders between the United States and Canada. 
That's the right. They can they can have that argument. What is it going to look like? You know, when that plan does come forward um, from the federal government here in Canada and the president of the United States, Joe Biden. Is it going to open up in phases? Are you going to be required to have a vaccine passport of some sort? Some sort of documentation saying that you're fully vaccinated? I don't know. Some people are upset, not only in in, in Congress, other parts of the government, you know, that NHL players, you know, because there's only one Canadian team up here that is in the third round of the playoffs, and that is the Montreal Canadiens. And they are playing the Vegas Golden Knights in Montreal. So that means the players did not have to do go through this self-isolation for 14 days prior to playing any games. I don't know what they're complaining about. I mean, if you look around the United States and you look at the sporting events in the United States, baseball, hockey, golf, you got fans in the stands. Matter of fact, you got full capacity fans in the stands. Here in Canada during the regular uh, playtime, regular season, going into the playoffs, there's no fans in the stands. Except for right now, with the Montreal Canadiens, They're allowing only 3,500 people in the stands with that stadium can hold 20,000 people. But that's Montreal. That's another province. You know, I'm in Ontario. Every province has their rules. Every rules are different. If you look at the United States and the mishandling and the ignorance of this pandemic, of the past government, you're not out of the woods, far from it. So these Congress people, persons, man or woman, you can't sit there and bitch and complain and and telling your president you need to force the hand of the Prime Minister of Canada to open up the borders. You take a look in your own backyard
and the disastrous mishandling of the pandemic in the United States. Some governors tried to do the best they could. Other governors, they didn't care. They just opened up their, their state anyway. Mostly Republicans. We had rallies across here in Canada like you did in the United States against the restrictions. We're not the, you're not the only country that did that. Canada, Europe, other places around the world. We all did that. We all been there, done that. Now he's asking Joe Biden to unilaterally open up the border of the United States. I say, go ahead. You want to open up your side of the border, go ahead. The honest who believe that Canada is going to say, oh, yeah, we can go to the United States by the land border. We can cross into the United States by the land border. But wait a minute. The Canadian side is still closed. Is that going to pose a problem for Canadians to come back into the United States by the land border? Potentially. I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, that you can fly into the United States, but you can't go across the land border. Now, some of the senators are saying that they're, you know, they're 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 not making any plans. Nobody's making any decisions. You know, the right thing, everybody has to bring it back. You know, when he's asked the cabinet secretaries, everybody says the right thing, and then everybody has to bring it back to the task force. We need someone to make a decision. The person to make that decision is the President of the United States and the Prime Minister of Canada. He says they're good men of goodwill. Another lawmaker from New York, he's a Republican, demands details of what national governments have been telling each other behind the scenes. And the White House declined to comment on, on the Canadian announcement and said it was in its working groups discussing that the border reopening with Canada and other countries. Now, our Prime Minister of Canada, um, he, he said he wants 75% of his population to have one dose of, of the vaccine and for 20% to be fully vaccinated be, before reopening travel. 
Now, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that as of Friday, those threats, those thresholds have either been met or will soon be for those age 12 and older. And we have met that threshold of 75% of Canada's population has received at least one shot of the vaccine and 20% fully vaccinated. If we keep going on the rate that we're going with the vaccines going into the arms, Canada could take the lead in the world of vaccinating its citizens. More people here in Canada are stepping up to the plate to get the needle in their arms because they know what is at stake. Our livelihood, jobs, mental stability, getting back to post-pandemic as we knew what life was and our, in, our, in our freedoms, to go out and, and, and gather and, and party and have friends over for special occasions of birthday parties and weddings, Christmas time, Thanksgiving. We know what's at stake here. Now, One uh, Saskatchewan um, politician who sits on the House of Commons committee related to the trade and U.S.-Canada affairs, he says, we're just trying to understand the resistance here and why we're not moving forward faster. Why we are not moving forward faster. Well, we know what happened here in Ontario when we moved forward faster. We went from reopening to shutting down for months on end. When we thought things were looking better, boom, we opened up again. Before long, right back to square one, shut down, lockdown, stay at home orders. And then when things started to look better again, boom, we open up again. And for the last three months, businesses once again were shuttered. School closed, stay at home orders. We're just coming out of that. I don't get it. And they, I, I, are these individuals, the, the, these officials, are they missing something here? Because I'm not missing anything here. I don't believe I'm missing anything here. We here in Ontario has lived it. We're living through it and we're living through it like other countries around the world.
Now, I mean, they even bring, I mean, they even bring this up. You know, you know about the September 11th attacks back in 2001. And, it, and it's been Canadians pleading with the Americans to keep the border open. And the post 9-11 safety measures slow travel and trade and Canadians were consistently pushing back against the, the false reports of terrorists entering from Canada. Well, the United States had no proof of that anyways. I mean, that's not even, a, they can't even use that for an example. They, did, they just can't. This virus has killed more Americans and more people around the world than what 9-11 did. The United States at one point in time were, were, were seeing over 3,000 deaths a day. And the 9-11 attacks, you had 2,700 people. There's no comparison to between 9-11 and the COVID-19 and the effects that it had on the United States and Canada and other countries around the world. There's no comparison here. I, I can't even believe that they'd even put this in here. Now, the one congressperson says things will get better. Well, myself, you know, stay positive. Things will get better. But he also blames the former Trump administration for, for poisoning the relationships in recent years between Canada and the United States. But you can blame the former Trump administration for the handling of the pandemic in your own country. Oh, it's just the Kung flu. Oh, it's the Chinese virus. Oh, everything's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. No, we're not going to shut down the economy. Over 600,000 Americans have lost their lives due to COVID-19. Over 33 million people infected in the United States alone. Check the facts, ladies and gentlemen, it's all there. Now, he says it's too bad that we have to reach this point of um, exasperation before people will pay attention. It makes very little sense to alienate your closest champions. We're not doing that at all here in Canada. And this one person says she added a prediction the US border will, will reopen to Canada travel soon either on June 22nd or the or July 22nd, no matter 
what Canada does. Like I said, you want to open up your side, your border, go right ahead. Knock yourselves out. You're seeing how you handle things over there anyways. You know, it's it kind of, it's it, to me, it, it's like that, you know, you know, Mer the American uh, politicians, you know, think sometimes, not all the time, not all of them, some of them, just thinks that they can tell Canada what to do. When you can't tell Canada what to do. It's our border and we will do what we want with it is what we'll do. Now, things will change when it comes to the border. Patience is a virtue. I get it. Patients are running thin. But we can't risk a fourth wave. We can't. If something were like that to happen and you think it's tough now, and a fourth wave hits, oh, because we said, okay, to the United States, yeah, okay, we're going to open up our border. Oh, and then we have to close the border again, then we have to shut down the country again, we got to shut down the province again. People had already lost their minds, ladies and gentlemen. People are at their wits end. We can't risk a fourth wave. Politicians on both sides of the border in the business sector, the tourism sector. I'm pretty sure they get it. Yes, the government here in Canada, and yes, the government in the United States. If they have a plan, you know, at least announce something. Show us something. You've had 15 months to come up with some sort of reopening plan. I don't think both governments, you know, even when Trump was out of office and then Joe Biden has taken over and the relationship between, between the governments in Canada, you know, with the United States, it is so much better. It's like a breath of fresh air. 
for the 15 months, I'm sure they've been working on something. Not just having an agreement every 30 days, we're going to take a look at the situation in the United States and Canada and decide whether or not to open up the borders. That's only part of it. Now we have Americans living here in Canada and working here in Canada and they have families at home. And I get that. They want to see their families. Compassionate reasons to allowing travel to see loved ones who are sick and be able to come back without any restrictions. Because you went over to the United States or, you know, you came here because you have family living here in Canada and you're coming over here for compassionate reasons. That should be allowed. It's not the first time it's been mentioned within the two governments. But things were raging on. The pandemic was just raging on. And the case counts were just hitting the roof in the United States. Vaccines weren't even out yet. I don't know what's going to happen, you know, in the next 30 days, ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the land border between Canada and the United States. I pay attention to it. It's really important for both countries. The Canada and the United States land border is the largest undefended border in the world. Really good people in the United States are friends to the South. Yes, at some point in time, we want to see you again, but we want to make sure that it is safe enough to see you again. This story, ladies and gentlemen, is not going away anytime soon. It's going to be on our minds and it's going to be in the news for some time.
And we're going to hear the arguments and we're going to hear the complaints on both sides. But we cannot move as fast as as they would like us to do. I really don't know what else to tell you. That even though we have met this threshold of 75% of its population here in Canada has the one dose vaccine in their arms and 20% fully vaccinated here in Canada, the United States, you know, they, they may be around, you know, 45% fully vaccinated. That's still not enough. here in Canada fully vaccinated is not even enough. Yes, the United States population is 10 times ours. Forty five percent is not half. 20% is not 50%. One shot in the arm is not enough. With this this Delta variant out there, and like I said earlier, 2,000 cases across the country of Canada in one territory, 2,000 cases of this Delta variant. The United Kingdom, once again, is grappling. And with this Delta variant, the Prime Minister of Britain is holding back their reopenings for another 30 days. Our top doctor, Teresa Tam of Canada, is saying to be very cautious of the decisions to be made with this Delta variant out there. It comes from India, by the way. You know what happened to India and Pakistan? You saw that on the news. Here in Canada, they're saying within the next two weeks that Delta variant is going to be the main strain of the COVID. We need to stay ahead of this. That's why I say to my fellow Canadians, get the needle in the arm. To our American friends, same thing. 
get vaccinated. That's your choice. Whether you want to or you don't want to get vaccinated. Being your best interest to get vaccinated. What kind of restrictions will there be for unvaccinated people and vaccinated people? I mean, are they even going to go down that road? I don't know. You know, you probably heard about the 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 uh, the concert in New York, Bruce Springsteen, and you know the the concert organizers were saying, you know, anybody who has the 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 Pfizer or the Moderna, you know, you're allowed to go to the show. And anybody had the AstraZeneca vaccines, you cannot buy tickets. You probably heard this. This was the other day. I mean, come on, you know, people were just threw their arms up in the air and they're going, what the hell? Well, they changed that, that if you had the extra Zeneca vaccine, you could buy tickets, but hey, guess what? Before they made that announcement, the show was sold out. You know, like I said earlier, you know, because somebody got the Johnson and Johnson shot, somebody got the AstraZeneca shot, and then the population, you know, the other populations get the Moderna and the Pfizer. I mean, we for those people who got the AstraZeneca, I mean, what are we going to do? Treat them like second-class citizens? That wouldn't be right. Oh, you got the extra Zeneca. I'm sorry you can't go to the show. Sorry you can't go to the movie theaters because you got the extra Zeneca. That would just be horribly wrong, wouldn't it be? I guess, you know, when it when it comes to lessons learned... And when people think they can make those sort of decisions, you're going to find out how fast you're going to make heads turn and how fast you're going to change your mind. We don't treat anybody second class. Nobody is beneath me. Nobody. And they shouldn't be be beneath anybody anyhow. Because we're all we are all human beings sharing this planet. And that we are to be treated equally. 
with respect and dignity. We're going to get through this. We will. And it's going to take all of us to do it. And we all need to work together. The vaccines are the way out of this. That's what we have. Thank you, lucky stars, that we even have a vaccine for this virus. I hope everybody out there, you know, enjoy your week coming up. Stay safe. Be vigilant. Follow the rules. Man, I mean, the rules are not that difficult. We've been doing it for 15 months now. I'm sure we can do it a little bit longer. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. Take care, be safe, and thank you. And you can find the Truckers Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Good night, everybody. Yeah.